There you can see the retail sales numbers a little bit lower than expected. They came off significantly. Now, prior got revised up, it looks like, to 3.2 from 3.0 for the month over month, but down 0.4. Analysts were looking for down 0.3. And as I look here, core retail sales down 0.1 in line with expectations, well off that 2.4 that we saw. That's a revised 2.4. Let's check in on the PPI numbers here. Producer price index also in line with what we've been seeing in terms of the consumer side of things, retail sales showing a slowing in terms of some of these uh, economic conditions here. And well, similar pattern here. Look, PPI month over month down 0.1%. They were looking for 0.3. The core coming in at 0.0, well below expectations. I see some revisions there as well in terms of uh, the numbers here, but it looks like uh, those revisions were lower. So this is going to feed into a bit of a bullish narrative. Hopefully it'll help stocks uh, uh, recover some off the lows here. S&P is still hanging out right around 3,900. I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into the numbers. Bob Iacchino this morning, the founder of the Chief Strategist of Path Training Partners joining us. Bob, let's uh, start with the retail sales numbers, a sharp decline. This is expected, but even lower than analysts were looking for it, down 0.4%. Yeah, good morning, Ben. The PPI numbers are really good for the equity markets, good for the position that the Fed is trying to put themselves in. But we're kidding ourselves if we think that these numbers, the effect that these numbers would have had pre-Silicon uh, Valley Bank, pre-Signature Bank, pre-the-Credit Suisse problems that we're seeing this morning, which are really not new. You know, I'd be surprised if this stuff wasn't affecting Credit Suisse, the sort of weak position it's been in for God, months now, I mean, if not years. You're looking at a little bit of a stock rally here off of these numbers. Now, the PPI numbers feed well into PCE, and that's really why you want to pay attention to these. CPI, we already saw, CPI was mixed to higher, but we know that the Fed looks at PPE, and I think we'd be kidding ourselves if we weren't thinking that the Fed was looking for a reason to ease off the break a little bit, given some of the banking sector problems that have been happening. So the PPI feeds into that really, really well. Retail sales, well, inflation was lower. So ever since we've had these infla this inflation volatility, retail sales has meant less to me because retail sales is not inflation adjusted. So looking at the difference in retail sales from last month, we got a two-tenths revision on retail sales higher, but we also had higher prices last month, uh, higher than expected, as we all talked about at the time. So the retail sales, I, I, it doesn't, it, I'm not staring at that at all. More looking at this PPI, PPE, I'm sorry, PPI, and there's been a lot of initials lately, Ben, don't you think SBB, PPI? The PPI number is really the one that I think is kind of good news, if there's any good news to be seen. Bob, talk to us ultimately about uh, now that we have a look at the non-farm payrolls number, CPI, PPI, the retail sales figure, earnings are over. Uh, the focus here is going to shift here now with the blackout period to expectations from the Fed next week. We'll get the ECB before that, which I want to talk to you a little bit about in terms of reference to the euro currency and the dollar. But, but where does this put the Fed uh, into next Wednesday? Well, you saw the volatility in the Fed funds expectations of where the Fed was going to go. When the SVB news first hit, it basically went down to no rate hike next meeting, uh, rate cuts starting in June. Since then, we moved to a 25 basis point rate hike expectation in, at the next meeting, 25 basis point rate hikes after that, and rate cuts starting in uh, June still. So you'd be talking about March, May, and then June. 
I think that's not likely. I think it's more likely that the Fed just kind of halts, stops the progress of rates and holds them. I still don't think you're going to see rate cuts. That's my personal opinion. But I think we're looking at now a situation of recession or inflation, one or the other. You know, a lot of people have said that the SVB failure is at the foot of the Fed. And I don't really agree with that in a, an individual case. Yes, the Fed raised rates uh, at a record pace. But a lot of bank managers who didn't believe the Fed have put their institutions in a bad position like SVB, a lot of risk managers, I should say. And those risk managers didn't hedge, and that was the specific case at SVB. And there's a reason for that. I mean, once securities are deemed long-term, they're not eligible for offset against hedges. So if you hedged and you were wrong about the Fed aggressively hiking rates, then your balance sheet was gonna show big losses and the bank stock might suffer and your bonuses might suffer. So there's reasons to not do that in this particular case. So when we look at what the Fed's going to do going forward, are they going to take into consideration that there may be more bank losses out there and there could be more? I mean, they're going to protect depositors. That's their stance as of right now between the Treasury, the Fed, the FDIC. They're going to protect depositors. So they've at least for now stopped the run on banks, which is a good thing. I mean, I'm not for bailouts. Bailing out depositors to me is a completely different thing than bailing out actually executives and institutions. But from that perspective, I think the Fed is likely to do 25 basis points at the next meeting and then probably pause. It's difficult to say because we haven't seen this before. So it's difficult to look back and say, well, they acted this way at this time. The Fed did not get involved in the SNL problem until very, very late. Um, they did get involved in 2008. I want to go on record as saying this is not 2008. This is not Bear Stearns. Uh, this is not Lehman Brothers at all. But it is. You know, Bob Stein, who's the deputy chief economist for First Republic, said that it's not systemic, but it's uh, symbolic hmm. of what banks have been doing. And, you know, we've talked a lot in the past, Ben, about who the biggest buyers of U.S. Treasuries were. And recently, one of the biggest buyers of U.S. Treasuries has been the Fed. And the Fed is now not there anymore buying Treasuries. So that has an effect. Now, after these PPI numbers, we're actually seeing uh, yields fall even more from where they were, especially on the longer end. And that should be good for stocks. But again, we're talking about stocks being affected by banking problems more so than rates at this point. Bob, are there more bank losses to come? I think so, but I think maybe not as dramatic as SVB and as Signature. Um, there may be a couple more failures, but they probably won't be as big. The problem we have right now, Ben, is that you're, you're looking at a situation where as we see the twos, tens curve steepen, right? We're negative 49 right now. Remember March 8th, we were negative 107. Mm -hmm. It was deepest in 50 years in terms of inversions. And what has happened historically, and I'm not saying that's gonna happen now, but what has happened historically is that as the inversion reverses and normalizes to a steep yield curve, which is what is normal, that's when the stock market starts to fall and then bottom. The stock market in past inversions has not bottomed until after the inversion goes back positive. So this is going to put some pressure on stocks by virtue of this is now predicting a weaker economy and that the Fed is going to have to ease to save the economy. That's what we would be seeing. So an easing by the Fed would take short-term rates down leave long-term rates where they are because, or maybe even go higher because that could stoke inflation. And that's what I meant earlier about you're not talking about a situation, in my opinion, where the Fed's choosing between 
inflation or a recession. To me, it's now one or the other. Soft landing's out of the picture completely. Bob, lastly, in less than a minute, where does this put the ECB tomorrow? There was a 50 basis point rate hike penciled in. Are they still going to go ahead with that? That's an interesting question. If you asked me this yesterday, I would say yes, they're still going 50 basis points. They are way earlier in the inflation curve than the U.S. is. While we're still seeing prices rise in the U.S., we are seeing the rate of that rise fall. Right? And the only place we saw a little bit stronger inflation was in the core yesterday, month over month, which of course is what the Fed looks at. Um, when you broke down the US CPI uh, that we saw this week, the services inflation has not moved. It has not budged. It's still elevated. So from that perspective, the ECB is earlier in the curve and needs to fight inflation as well. But they may take what's going on in the U.S. as a warning sign to not be too aggressive. So honestly, I'm not really sure. If you asked me yesterday, I would have said yes, 50 basis point. But given the Credit Suisse issue, uh, maybe they back off to 25. They're going to hike rates, though. Bob, appreciate you joining us here. Your perspective always uh, valued here on the network. Bob Iacino, the founder, chief strategist, path trading partners.